She knows sales. She understands radio. She's been on the edge of launching the new and has created a serious ton of revenue. Sales assistant, been there, done that. Sales, yep. National sales manager, uh huh. General sales manager, check, check. Market manager, hmm. This actually doesn't even cover her entire career, but we're about to learn some more, as we say. Our guest today is a firm believer in radio and the opportunities in front of us right now. That's an ideal person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready? To enjoy any of our episodes, you really only need to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Listen, we provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. Does that sound like you? We're branding specialists who help our clients fully develop the right position in their local radio market, coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture. We provide weekly music updates and even produce daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers and sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and more. We're confidential, market exclusive for radio, and we focus on helping our clients generate more revenue. Do you have a problem that gets in the way of your next level of ratings and revenue? Reach out anytime for our consultative help. Ford, F-O-R-D, at RainmakerPathway.com. Hey, don't forget, January 12th, 2023, you know it's closer than you think. Let me tell you what's coming to our podcast. We call it Leveraging Radio's Relationship with Consumers, Radio's Real Story Now. Of course, how strong brands should command premium value. So on our docket, uh, on this special event, we will share ideas to help boost your Q1 revenue. We'll also discuss the relationship between brand, trust, and consumers, or you know them as listeners. My co-host for this radio event for revenue is Chris Fleming, who is with CD Media Consulting, our special guest, Aaron Callahan from Futuri Media, and our other special guest, Richard Harlow, market manager of Dick Broadcasting in Greensboro, North Carolina. By the way, we have a regular quarterly sales event on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, all the time on our podcast. You can go to our blog and look for sales events at the top of the page, just one of those little click-throughs. And of course, you can listen to each of our 2022 quarterly sales events right now. But remember, the next one is January 12th, and I think you'll enjoy that. You'll hear from experts about trends, branding, relationships, and improving your sales in Q1 2023. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and Just Joe Productions for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. 
We're just about a minute, maybe less, from talking with Stephanie Callahan. She is the VP and market manager for Cox Media Group, Houston, Texas. And what a story she has. See our full guest calendar all the way through. Uh, at this point, we're into February, pretty good, uh, 2023, in our free blog section at ringmakerpathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do. That's because we believe in this theory of abundance. Ask me about it sometime. We'd be glad to share it with you. Go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Stephanie, welcome to the Encouragers, the radio rally. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Lloyd? Oh, I just knew you were going to be great. I'm pretty good and really excited to get this time with you. Listen, when you were a kid, did you think, eh, you know, I am I might be such a responsible person in this really big position inside a radio company one day? Did you think I that as a kid? I don't think I ever knew that I would have this job because I don't think I even knew this job existed. But I was in love with radio as long as I can remember. Really? Passion from the get-go? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I look back on it and, you know, I was the girl of the slumber party that called, you know, a hundred times asking, you know, for my song to be played and um, was just passionate about my radio stations. I don't remember not loving radio. Did you connect with the people on the radio or the idea of radio or the fact it was coming in to your slumber party or what was the deal? Well, you know, I just loved music. You know, I have this amazing love for music. Um, music was a huge part of my household. My parents were music lovers. I grew up listening to all genres of music, um, took tons of music lessons growing up. And then as I got older, and we moved to Wichita, Kansas, I became crazy about Don Hall. And Don Hall was dancing Don Hall in Wichita, Kansas. And we listened to Don Hall for absolutely everything. Don Hall ended up becoming my speech coach in high school. I cannot believe that. And then about five or six years ago, um, you know, when I was at Intercom, I actually got to work with Don Hall. I got to work with my idol, which was pretty amazing. That's pretty exciting when that happens, for sure. Yeah. Listen, we like to ask about education. You know, we're the encouragers. That's what we call ourselves on this podcast. And we like to ask about education mostly because it's usually such an influential part of someone's early life, their early story. Tell us about Kansas State University and Butler University. And what was your goal back then? Well, I went to Kansas State because I had a music scholarship. I was super lucky, right? Um, and yeah. so, yes. And so I started out as a music major. Um, and I guess, you know, I thought I was going to be, you know, a concert pianist or an opera singer. I'm not sure which. And by the time I got home at Christmas, I remember I sat down at the kitchen counter with my dad and said, if I have to continue as a music major, it's going to make me hate music. <laughs> And my dad said, well, that's not going to happen. So you need to figure out what you want to do next. And so um, I kind of went on this quest of kind of what did I really want to do? And my mother had been in TV. I had grown up around, you know, broadcasting. And I had this moment where I thought maybe I could be Barbara Walters. 
And I decided that I wanted to go into broadcasting. And at that same time, the Board of Regents in Kansas appropriated all the funds to the University of Kansas, trying to make it more arts-based and truly trying to make Kansas State a bit more ag and mine. And um, we lost our journalism accreditation. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this and I've got to go on and I'm going to have this career and where am I going to go? And one of my dearest friends in the world happened to be on scholarship and dancing at Butler. And we went at the holiday time to watch him dance, David dance. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden I found out while visiting there that it was this amazing radio and TV school. And my dad went and met with the dean. And the next thing I know, I'm packing up and moving to Indianapolis and I'm going to Butler. Now, that's interesting. It, clearly, your parents, especially your dad, I don't want to leave your mom out, uh, very supportive of you and makes you responsible, which I think is very key to parenting. And you know, he was a coach. He was a teacher and a coach oh. in his early years. So um, I didn't know how to not kind of do that. And the question in our house or the whole time I was growing up was not when are you going, where are you going, but how far are you going and how far can you reach? Uh, brothers and sisters for you? No, I'm an only. I'm an Ooh. only. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're checking a lot of boxes here. Listen, I'm going to go backwards here. What was mom's job in TV? Sales. She was a Oh, sales. hello. Uh-huh. And now, voiceover. Mother had really... this wonderful Suzanne Plachette voice. So oh, she did nice. great voiceover work and then um, was a seller and was uh, very good at her craft as well. Did you pick that up from her? I think I fell in love with it with her. You know, um, you know, growing up, you know, I, my dad traveled a lot after teaching and coaching. He went into oil and gas and was a landman and had his you know, own business and and, you know, was gone a lot and on the road. And so I was with my mom a lot and, you know, hung out at different events and, you know, different things. And I remember being young and Andy Joyce was our anchor at Channel 12 and Wichita CBS that Andy Joyce has in the Olympics, married to Harry Smith. And my mother's name is Candy. So they were Andy and Candy and they were good friends. And I would like they'd be getting ready to go, you know, out or do something. And I'd get to read the teleprompter. And I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world. All right, Barbara Walters, I like it. All right. <laughs> and, and look, here's what's really cool. Of course, you end up in Houston because your dad had all that experience in oil and gas. And that makes you highly relatable in a city like Houston, I'm going to guess. Well, you know, it, it comes in handy when I'm having those conversations with people. It's certainly not foreign to me. And um, I know I know what, how hard that industry is. You know, you Daddy had is. this uh, sign in his office, dear Lord, don't let let there be one more oil boom. I promise I won't blank the money away. Oh, you know it. You, you know, know, I mean, look, you don't have to be in the gas and oil business to know what that sentence is. That's Listen, right. you, you started as a sales assistant. Is that true? Tell us what yeah. you learned from that job. It was the greatest job in the world. If you, really? yeah, if you could tell me that I would get to begin my career, where I began my career and how I began my career surrounded by the people I was surrounded by, I would tell you that um, there's no way that that could happen to anybody. 
And um, I graduated from Butler in 89. I moved to Boston. I did an internship that summer. Um, and, you know, as it goes, you know, really liked a boy, wanted to stay in Boston. Oh, and my dad said, get a job. And so, of course I, you did. Uh-huh, and so I called um, the boy and said, hey, there's this ad in the Boston Globe and it's for this radio station, WBCN. Which one is that? Well, that's the one we listen to all the time, Steph. I'm like, the, you know, the rock station, you know, with Charles Lacuadera, you know, the big mattress. I'm like, oh, okay. So I apply for the job and oh, but by the grace of God, because I know I failed that typing test. I got the job and started my career as a sales assistant, Tony Berardini, legendary programmer, Oedipus, legendary programmer, Chachi, legendary promotions person, Charles Lacuadera, Mark Parento, Ken Shelton, Tammy Heidi, Bradley J. I mean, the list just goes on and on and got to work for this amazing woman named Kathy Ritter Rosnick and um, Bob Mendelson in sales. And I was so poor. I had no money that it was like, let oh. me do any job I can. And so I worked for Carter Allen in the music department you know, learn so much in there. It was back in the day when you had to listen and write down every song, every break, worked in traffic, worked on the promotions team. I mean, it was the very best thing I could have ever done. What I love about you, Stephanie, is that you talk names. This has been, (laughs) let's look, this has been a minute ago. And yet you still talk names. Let me tell you who it was. Let me tell you who was involved. Let me tell you who was on the team. That's so exciting. You can feel the passion, right? Oh my I know. Gosh, I'm just so grateful. Oh my Listen, I, I know that your team in Houston feels that too. Listen, did you want to sell radio right away? Or how did that come to happen for you? Is it because you, you were poor? Do you want the truth? Do you want the full truth? It's because you were poor, right? So poor. <laughs> I drove in to the parking garage one day. It was so cold. It was snowing. It was icy. It was this horrible Boston day. And I remember sitting there and I'm looking on one side of the parking garage and there's sobs and BMWs and Mercedes. And I look over on the other side of the garage and there's these cars that literally have a door like hung up by a wire hanger to stay on the car. And I went, that's the programming people. And that's the salespeople. I think I want to go do sales. I think I want to go do sales. There's a secret here. uh Uh-huh. And that might sound completely awful and trite, but when you're so poor that you are banking in two different bank accounts with your roommate just to cover rent back when you could float checks, right? Um, It was like, I've got to do something different. And so that that's why I chose sales. All right. So, you know, I'm going to ask this question. What was your first job in radio where you said, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. Oh, I think definitely that job as a sales assistant, you know, I mean, that was not what you want to do the rest of your life, though. No, I didn't want to be a sales assistant for the rest of my life, but I knew I was in love with radio. I knew I was in love with the, with the power of radio. I knew that I was in love with the life of radio. I was in love with the music. I was in love with what I was watching could happen for clients. I mean, like this little yes. like client called Lojack, you know, and I watched 
you know, how Lojack became a household name. And there was this new office, you know, supply store called Staples, you know, yeah. you know, and Staples. I went on my very first sales call ever to a house in Rhode Island for Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. And look at Dunkin'. I mean, it was Dunkin' Donuts, you know, was a huge company. I don't think they were in radio back then. I can't remember, but just watching just how these clients and how these companies could evolve by using the power of radio. I mean, it, it made me passionate about it. And, you know, then getting to work next at, you know, for someone like Steve Dodge at ARS and watching the Red Sox radio network and adoring Wong do national. I was amazed by these people. They were just right. bigger than life. All right. So you're in the garage, you see the cars and immediately you think I got to learn a secret handshake here because I need the cars over here, not these cars over there. What is it that you enjoy about sales? And, and, and look, let's still make it about money. Cause that's not it. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, it's two things. I mean, I think to be great at sales, you have to be competitive, right? Mm. You have, you have to have, a burning desire inside to be successful. Yes. Right. And that success then becomes a part of the problems, solutions, challenges that you are fixing for your clients. Right. Yes. yes. I mean, so, you know, when you can find that thing that lights your soul on fire because it's tapping into that competitive spirit and that, you know, the sky's the limit, right? If you do sales really well, you can be abundantly successful and there shouldn't be a governor, right? Go be a success. Right. But when you can also tap into that altruistic piece of being able to help people, help clients, help businesses, help families. And you can truly come at it from a point of a servant's attitude of wanting to help them. That's where the balance is. Yes. So I have this person that's become a really good friend of mine. And actually I've asked him to co-host our event on January 12th for radio sales. And he has this theory that I have just adapted head to toe. And I want to ask you about it. He says that when he's recruiting salespeople, he doesn't look for the people who want to win. He says everybody wants to win. He says he looks for the people who hate to lose. True? I would agree with that. Yeah. So it's, I, it's, I, it's hard. No, our business yes. is hard, right? And so, you know, it winning comes in all different packages, right? You know, um, losing and hating to lose is the difference. Like I, I remember not feeling like I was getting the share I should or not getting one of my radio stations on that I thought should be on or when I was in national. If I mean, if you those losses are the things that make you crazy. You know, I, one of the things I always like to say is that, you know, that's great that you won, but tell me about what you lost. Oh, it's fascinating. Like right now, uh, watching the goat in the NFL, if you follow this business, you know, what I'm talking about Yes. Watch, watching him go through a season where he is losing 
And to watch that struggle, any champion in that way, you can tell how much hatred they have for losing. It's, it's agonizing. Not Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, here's where we get kind of fun with you, only because I'm so curious. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know, especially about your transition from seller to sales management. Mm-hmm. Those are different skills, different things. What happened to you? Tell us about that transition and why you wanted to do that. Um, You know, I had great bosses again. You know, I had people that were wonderful leaders and um, believed in people and, and, and brought you kind of alongside of them. And one of those people was Judy Lakin uh, back in the old clear channel days. And, um, you know, she was a fantastic mentor and one of the things that, and Judy is still to this day. I mean, this was in the gosh, you know, nineties. Right. Um, uh, but still one of my very, very dearest best friends in the whole wide world. But, you know, Judy, Judy was a great, had a great eye for talent. She had an amazing ability to put great teams together. And then she was really good at finding people's strengths And, you know, one of the things that she was very supportive of was that, you know, and made me see it like I didn't, you know, the things that you don't really know about yourself, but somebody else is that, you know, like she was like, okay, you understand programming, you understand promotions, you understand sales, kind of the next step on on your, on your journey is, is to go into management. Like you, you have Mm. the opportunity that you can be this one day. And um, so I really have to attribute it to her seeing that in me. And then she and Stan Webb, who was our market manager in Austin, being so supportive of me and saying, go, go to L.A., go and do national, go learn more about more different radio stations, go be a sponge, learn as much as you can. And um, getting to have that next step in my career, I think, was a huge difference maker. So interesting to be on this show and talk about people lighting a passion fuse. And this goes back to your dad. How far will you go? How far will you go? Not will you go? How far? So we are talking with Stephanie Callahan. She is in Houston, Texas for Cox Media. She's the market manager and she's naming names. And if you don't learn as we go here, she is naming Name. She's talking about the people that helped her get to where she is. Listen, Stephanie, you've done a lot. ABC, Disney, ESPN, iHeart. You had this 30% increase in market share. For those of us who have had that kind of exciting experience, and I think it's rare air. What was that like? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I got really... uh... I think when you're in the work, you don't realize what's happening. You know, you're just trying to do the job to the very best of your ability. And, you know, I, I've spent the last more than decade in kind of those fix it situations. Right. So when I first got my market manager stripes was in Wichita, my dad was sick. I needed to really be home and be nearer to him. And um, Matt Martin was in, incredibly generous and, and knew what was going on. And I 
was offered that job and um, got to go home. And, you know, the stations were at the bottom in ratings and at the bottom in revenue. And in 18 months, we were number one in ratings and we were the number one regional market in the company at iHeart then, you know, they, we transitioned from Clear Channel to iHeart. And you didn't at all think at that time, I'm going to guess that God had maybe identified a path for you that you were going to be involved in these kind of situations. Well, you know, no. And I didn't know I was any good at it. You know, Mm. you don't know what you don't know, right? You, you go into a situation hoping to do your best job. And I think I was really blessed. God did have my plan because he gave me that time in Wichita and that time with my dad and, and to be there. And then, but he also exposed a gift to me that I didn't know that I had, that I had, and that I had this ability to, to kind of fix things and, mm-hmm. and to set a new course and a new vision and to be successful. And look, everything that you just said is true, but I'm going to add this and then you can smack me if I say it wrong. Okay. Sure. In this business, as you face these experiences, you do learn what certain things look like. So when you see them again, you go, oh, I know what this is, right? Yes. Yes. Which is incredibly valuable. Yes. And I think, you know, I think probably if I were to tell people like one thing that is so important, it's like, know who you're working for. Right. And, you know, my time at Disney was extraordinary at ABC. I'm sure. And, you know, you, you're getting to learn from, you know, the John Hares of the world and the Mitch Dolans and, you know, the Carrie Littlefield Korsanowski's and, um, and you're learning so much that you're, you don't even know that you're learning, right? It's like, it's like every day is this new experience. And, and, and the way that, you know, these incredible minds that have seen so much more road than you have handled different situations that it's almost like all of a sudden you can tap in. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What, what would she say? What would he say? How would that happen? Mm, Is this good or is this bad? I mean, you just tap in to those experiences and you go down a road and, you know, and if it's not the right road, then pick a new road, but you have to go down the road. Help us with the secret sauce. What do you think makes a great sales manager? What do they do? Well, sell. Oh, oh wait a minute. You just said that a great sales manager sells. That's Absolutely. what you just said. I think that's so important. Absolutely. It's not not just they know how to tell you to sell. They know how to do it. They have to know how to do it. And they have to go on appointments and they have to see people. And, you know, one of the things that I think is so important with, you know, in any type of coaching is that you're, you know, that you're, you're showing, you're teaching, you're mentoring, you're doing. And, you know, the days of, and I don't know anybody that gets to do this or hasn't in mm-hmm. a very long time, you know, you're, you're not a desk jockey. You know, if, no. if you're not out selling and walking alongside your sellers and, um, 
and taking just as much responsibility for that revenue number as the people that are working for you, then you're missing the boat. There's a problem with that manager if that's not happening, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And people so love doing. Oh, oh, it's so important. It's the most important thing. Now, tell us about your stations right now. Oh, okay. What What do you want to know? I want to know really everything, girlfriend. Tell me. Well, huh? my gosh. You know, we started out um, in July of 21. Golly, I can't believe that's right. But yes, that's right. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we were still in the COVID blanket. And, um, you know, at our stations, it was really challenging. The, the, the ratings had gone to a place that none of us were proud of. Um, you know, Nielsen is a different market in Houston with the methodology. It's still a door-to-door market. Um, so as you can ma- imagine, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of door-to-door going on in COVID. So that panel was a challenge. And then um, the sales staff had uh, changed. They had gone through a change in, in market president. They had gone through a change in director of sales. They had gone you know, just a lot of change. And so it was really just having to set a new course. And, you know, fast forward um, with a lot of change with support of Keith Lawless, who's an extraordinary, extraordinary broadcaster, manager, operator, friend, amazing mm-hmm. human being. And then Rob Babin, um, who's our head of radio, and then Chris Egan and the whole programming content team. We just set a course that Houston had to completely regroup. Um, soup to nuts. And that that came from personnel, that came from programming, that came from sales, that came, you know, from every department within the station. And here we are, you know, long, hard road. So excited for 2023. We have both radio stations from falling out of, you know, the top 15 to now being back in the top five, six, seven, depending on how December goes. Um, you know, having incredible morning show talent um, in both Dean and Raj on Eagle, uh, rebuilding a new morning show with bringing in Riggs and him just starting with Caitlin and Erica, um, and then really just completely revamping the sales team. I mean, at one point we had fallen to three sellers in the market the size of Houston, if you can even. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now we've built us back up to a solid team. And, um, you know, we're so excited for what 2023 looks like. Travis Moon is a dear to work with. And my sales management team and Melissa Rivera and Ben Drablo are just extraordinary. Travis is such a go-getter for sure. Listen, your social media, I'm just going to break this down for everybody. And people are always surprised when I tell them if I do about, hey, here's what your social media entrail looks like. And they're like, you know, either people get it or they're surprised. Your social media has a long trail of you encouraging other people. Do you consider yourself to be a natural encourager? Yes. I think I set a very high bar with very high expectations, but I want everybody in my life personally and professionally to be successful. Um, I think when you're the daughter of a coach, 
that comes pretty naturally to you, right? You, yes. you, you know, you, you know how to coach your team. One of the things that my dad would always say, you don't coach your players when they're on the court, you coach your players in practice, right? Ooh. So you, you have to, you have to be that encourager when your team is on the court, right? You, you're, That's right. you're the number one cheerleader, you know, That's you, right. the other coaching happens at different times. Stephanie, I only have three other questions for you. So here's, this is like the bullet train ending here. Okay. Uh, and, and I just want to point out to anyone who is on Stephanie's team is listening to this. Uh, I'm just going to say that I've never been in a meeting with Stephanie and you, but I'm going to guess that she doesn't ask you if you're going to go, but how far are you going to go? Keep that in mind. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you think radio's biggest misstep is with digital? Complete integration. Um, not early enough to have our very best solutions. Fear. Oh, fear. That's big at radio, I think, with digital. Fear. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, I, I watch some of the very best salespeople in the world, me included. I was scared. Mm. It was this great big new thing. And, you know, I didn't understand it. And it wasn't easy for me like radio. And right. I think you have to let go of the fear and just embrace it a hundred percent and complete integration. Digital can be the kerosene on anything that you're putting out there for radio, anything. I mean, those two together are an unstoppable combination. Stephanie, I always tell clients and others that radio is the gateway drug to sell you anything. So like, in other words, our creativity in this business allows us to do so many things if we choose. And digital is certainly a wide, wide world of sports for us. Absolutely. It, uh, it makes everything that we do better. Like, remember when we started out in this business and people said, mm, okay, you can't coupon. I don't get to mm. see my ad, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. all, none of those things exist anymore. Yes, you can. Right. Yes, you can. I can do all of those things for you that, that you pitch and hold me and told me I couldn't do. I can do every single one of them now. That's right. So in any conversation, you can say, and now watch this. Listen, yes. there seems to be a lot of conversation about attracting younger people to our teams right now. How do you handle recruiting, especially recruiting sellers? And how do you find and attract younger workers? So hard. <laughs> mm. So hard. Um, and I think it, it really comes down to diligence and yes. it really comes down to, you have to get out there. Um, we had an awesome experience um, this past year. Um, I've done a couple of different job affairs at U of H. I've been on campus at Rice. Um, it's and, energizing, I'm sure. Oh, it is. And, you know, we, we, we were able, Cox invested in, and we were able to hire a paid intern this summer. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what we would do without that person. All I want to do is figure out a way to keep her. <laughs> oh. Because we found her at a job fair and, you know, just bringing her in is, is just, okay, how do we, how do we make this work for her? And then I think the other piece of it that, 
CMG does an extraordinary job of is building culture, building diversity, understanding what's important to this next generation, right? But we have to take the time and break the code and bring these people to our industry because we're not going anywhere. And we have to develop these young people and the talent to come in and step in and learn our business to continue to move it forward. You know, I'm going to say something else too and tie it into the digital fear factor. You know, whether people are talking about millennials or another generation that follows them, there always seems to be this fear that, oh, they're different than us. You know, they're different. Oh, they're different. If you really take the time to get to know them, you will see the people who don't want to lose. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we have this amazing ability to, to locate talent within CMG and really it's find the talent, find the talent, find the smart people. Like we just hired one young gentleman that was a college baseball player. That guy doesn't know how to lose. He's built that way, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. you know, he's a, athletes are wonderful people to, to tap into find talent, find drive, find people that are passionate and don't want to lose and then develop them and teach them. That's 90% of it. Okay. It's the toughest question I ever ask anybody. And I always like to let people off the hook early. Nobody can see the future but we're all pretty interested, right? Everybody talks about recession is coming, interest rates, uh, uh, what? Uh, supply chain, blah. There are always these problems, right? Thank God for problems because we get to solve them. Can you take a shot at telling us how you see the future of radio? It's just beginning. It's just getting started. We have this amazing ability to tap back into our communities at a time when our communities are starved to be tapped back into. Being local, being live and local, being able to help your clients solve the challenges of the past few years. We have lived through recessions. We have lived through the worst pandemic in the history of our time of being right. able to, to, to know and remember that. We have survived all of this. Now it's time to jump on the accelerator. We have the tonnage, we have the cume. It's difficult to find people. People are listening to radio because they want to be back engaged with their community. They, they want to be connected. To they, they want, want to, to be connected. connected. They do. People want, so we are, in my opinion, we are sitting at this awesome trajectory um, and we just have to be able to grab onto it and, and be passionate about it and tell the story. Stephanie, every single thing that you just said is like a mini PhD in local radio business now. And you can't do any, I'm just going to take this shot and oh my God, I'm just looking through one eye right now. Uh, and I'm squinting really hard because I don't want to get popped here, but I'm going to say that based on my conversation with you, you will say being live and local isn't just saying live and local, but engaging and being a part of that community is so powerfully important. Yes. 
Absolutely. It's what we do. If we are not the fabric of our communities, we are not doing our job. That's what radio was meant to do. Ding, ding, ding. And that is why you listen to the encouragers, the radio rally. Stephanie, I want to thank you for being our guest today and spending this time with us. It was fun, Lloyd. I'm so glad we got to chat. Oh, and I hope it won't be the last time because you're so incredible. I want to have you back for one of our sales events that we do because I, I can just tell you are loaded with positivity. You are loaded with here's where we go. And one of my favorite things is your dad saying, not about will you go, but how far will you go? That's incredible. That's incredible. One of my favorite words is yet. We just haven't figured it out yet. Mm. And one of my favorites is to eliminate the word can't and replace it with how can we blank? Absolutely. How can we blank? Absolutely. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers anytime with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at RainmakerPathway.com. We are here to encourage radio pros at all levels. That absolutely encourage, it, it includes sales talent. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large and growing archives and our new episodes each week, usually on Mondays. And you will be encouraged. I know this because you will learn unexpected and valuable things because our guests are the absolute best of radio. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, email me. It's so simple. F-O-R-D at BrainMakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Like we say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else that you want. Don't believe me? Call me. I'll be glad to share with you exactly how that works. We want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode, Stephanie Callahan, VP, Market Manager, Cox Media Group, Houston, Texas, an absolute so passionate about this business. You can just feel it. We want to thank her for being our patient and giving guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in minutes if I know Joe. And just JoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know that are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio, they can subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers, and good night.